Out of curiosity, before we go, I was just curious how many people here are in the press? If you could raise your hand, I just want to see. You don't count, Sam. <laughs> and how many people are in finance? And how many are in media? And am I missing a group? Can you shout it out for a second? Law. Rock? Rock and roll? I, I heard law. Law? We're going to need okay. it later. You have to leave. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. So I have on stage today the CMO of MasterCard, the CMO of Pepsi, and I'm the president of Time. And I feel like before we get into the talk today, I have one question I want to ask the two of you. And for the press, this is a layup, okay? Web3, long-term trend or short-term fad? Raja. Medium-term trend. I think long-term, I wouldn't call it a trend, though. I'd say it's here to stay, long-term. Okay, there's your headline. We can get off now, right, Sam? <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree. You know, like, one of the things I love is, is Web3 sort of enables us to humanize brands, right? And I think that a lot of people are hesitant as it relates to big brands entering into the space. And before we get into any discussion about MasterCard or Pepsi, um, I'd love for the two of you to introduce yourselves, but then I want you in sort of a Web3 fashion to give a fact that people wouldn't find on their corporate bio. So, uh, Raja, would you like to go first and tell everyone a little bit about you? That was not part of the script. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm the Chief Marketing and uh, Communications Officer of MasterCard, and I'm also the President of MasterCard's healthcare business, which might not be immediately recognized that MasterCard has got a healthcare business. As it pertains to Web3, what you might not have realized is we have one of the, as a company, one of the largest uh, applications for patents uh, in the space of blockchains, for example. We are working with a number of governments on this central bank digital currencies. Uh, we are into metaverse, we are into NFTs, buying, selling. We have announcement, announced a number of partnerships as recently as yesterday with a number of companies. So this is an area which is buzzing. Uh, not just for buzz sake, but in a substantial way. That's what I would say. Wait, wait, wait. And I want a personal thing, <laughs> a humanizing thing. Here, give us a fact. What does Raja do on the weekends? What Raja does on the weekends, I spend at least five hours every single weekend trying to learn. Not only Web3, it's a whole bunch of things. Uh, and I dedicate time for learning because I do believe that the way things are changing at this point in time, you don't stay on top of it, you become a dinosaur in very short time. So I invest a lot of time and effort trying to do that, and I meditate a hell of a lot, which I is the it. best productivity tool, by the way. I love that. Um, and yourself, I, Mr. Uh, Kaplan. I love that. I wish I had the five hours to spend to do that. I, um, I'm chasing my kids around the soccer field and, uh, and basketball tournaments and whatnot. But, um, 
Hey everyone, I'm Todd Kaplan, uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Pepsi, lead the Pepsi brand here in North America. And, um, you know, listen, it's, a, it's an exciting time uh, for our brand right now, given, um, you know, a traditional kind of consumer packaged goods brand and how do we really enter this emerging new Web3 space, you know, with a very tactile product and all of that. There's, there's so many interesting applications and things that we're, uh, we're really looking at and I'm, I'm really excited to be here uh, with you guys today. As far as a fun fact, um, I'd probably say um, I'm, I'm from Southern California, so I'm a big uh, LA Lakers fan. And right now it's been a bit of a roller coaster, I'd say. We, we won a couple years ago, it's been pretty bad this year. And now watching the Celtics in the, uh, the championship has uh, not been that, that fun for me. But uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a sad fact. It's a sad fact. Okay. It's a little bit of uh, sad right now. Do you meditate? Um, not, not enough. I, I would suggest it. I, I may need a, a little, little <laughs> help here from Raja. Um, and I think it's important, right, because the reason I actually ask that question is, is behind big brands are human beings at the end of the day, and human beings shape the decisions that brands make. And I wanted everyone here to get to understand a little bit about the human beings behind two absolutely gigantic brands. And so I define Web3, for clarity's sake, as crypto, DeFi, NFTs and the metaverse, right? What do you, Todd, yep. see for your brand? And Raj, I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Like, what do you see as, as the respective sort of potential and vision for where your brands could go uh, as they come in? And then we'll get into more tactical. Yeah, I think, it's, um, I think it's a great question because I think at the end of the day, I see Web3 and the potential that's kind of what I'd say beneath the surface of it all right now. Um, you see a lot of headlines, you see a lot of stuff about OpenSea and crypto and the ups and downs and people buying and selling JPEGs, you know, and almost like it's Beanie Babies on eBay, right? It's like, oh, this is a fad. Um, no, well, that, while that's happening now, the potential of this space is that, you know, NFTs are going to be, you know, your, uh, your uh, doctor's records are going to be on the blockchain, your driver's license, your ticket stubs, the, the utility of your day-to-day -day life is gonna be very impacted through this in years to come. And so how we think about it as a brand, um, it's a really interesting opportunity. What it affords us is the ability to, for once, have a one-to-one -one relationship with our consumers and build communities. This concept, you know, as a brand, and I was just telling Raja backstage that, um, you know, as a brand that's sold largely anonymously and search, you don't have to give your personal information to buy a Pepsi anywhere, right? It's probably the, the simplest, most low involvement good on the planet. And um, so, but we have a lot of brand advocates, a lot of things that we want to talk to our fans, we want to engage with them, provide value in new and interesting ways. It's this idea of being able to develop a community and have one-to-one -one relationships and being able to drive deeper engagement, take the brand into places like as the metaverse continues to unfold, monetize it in different ways and just really um, push and stretch the limits of where our brand starts and stops, I think is a, a really interesting space. See, for me, I think each one of the areas you have outlined is a huge opportunity area, Keith. So when you start off, for example, with NFT, the first time I saw NFT, my reaction was very similar. I said, which idiot will buy NFT? Right? But then when I saw $260 million valuation on that crypto pack, I said, maybe I'm the idiot. So I need to really rethink and reevaluate the whole concept. And we have got into NFTs already. But what I discovered personally is the entire transaction of how you look for an NFT, how do you pay for it, how do you buy for it, 
You need to be a geek or a tech nerd to be able to deal with Hold that. Hold on. I, the headline of an article on me yesterday was dorky president of time. There it is. That's, there you go. Right? And the key thing is we said that's not how it is. So we announced a partnership, with, for example, with Coinbase to say that it should be as easy as simple as buying a Starbucks coffee. That's how it should be a one-step kind of an integrated process, seamless. Blockchains is something which is truly transformational, which is, of course, the backbone for uh, web, and we have done a ton of stuff in this space. Very excited because it disintermediates unnecessary middlemen. You bring in efficiencies, you bring in transparencies, you bring in immutability, you bring in provenance. It's, it's fantastic stuff right there. Metaverse is another thing. Metaverse, I guess I could get my head around a little better than NFT, which is not saying a whole bunch. But then we went into Metaverse and we started doing like, for example, for the we did a complete immersive experience and the feedback we got for consumers who are otherwise normally very critical was absolutely fantastic. So when you talk of engagement, which Todd is correctly saying is when you want to engage a brand mm -hmm. or engage your consumers as a brand, the more immersive, the more, uh, what do you call, enriched the experience is, it's fantastic. Lastly, I would say cryptocurrencies is something which we have been very cautious about as a company and there's an area where there's a ton of promise as well whether it is central bank digital currencies. Uh, we, we, we are focused at this time more on the stable coins. Given the intrinsic volatility, we also want to be careful and responsible for our customers. So overall, that's how we have been approaching. But this is going to be a significant play as we see it. And uh, it's much more than a shiny penny or an uh, interesting hobby. Well, you bring up a good point because you talk about there's a lot of friction in the system. Like, I'll never forget, like, I, I had this day few years ago where my mom called me up. Like 75-year-old woman goes to me, Keith, that's my impersonation of my mom, Keith, put me on the Twitter, right? <laughs> and I was like, mom, it's Twitter. But I got her on in 30 seconds, right? And there's no scenario where my mother today says, Keith, get me a Coinbase account transfer fiat to the Coinbase account. She's never going to say fiat, right? Like, she's going to transfer that to fiat. Uh, convert it to Ethereum. Let it sit there for seven days. Get me a MetaMask account. Transfer it. What's a seed phrase? Oh, I can't tell anyone what my seed phrase is. Now I can buy an NFT. There's just too much friction. <laughs> yesterday, though, you announced, I mean, you mentioned Coinbase, but yesterday you announced a partnership with MoonPay. Uh, that will take out a significant amount of friction from the system. Yes. And today, your CEO came out and said that's your number one goal, was to remove friction from the system. Sure. So can you talk about that for one second? Because yeah. you're leading see, the charge. See, what we're trying to do is identify opportunities that are genuine uh, and, and that have got a big scale and to go after those big few opportunities, right? And we realize very clearly that we cannot do things ourselves. You have to have partnerships. So we have announced, the first one, I think, big one was Coinbase, and after the yesterday, we announced with seven different companies. And then this is including MoonPay, and this is something which we have found out are found to be extremely valuable in terms of bringing the uh, combination of the solutions that they and us can bring together. Uh, and uh, friction elimination is definitely one of the big things, but equally importantly also, we want to find the solutions which are environmentally sustainable because that's another big, uh, you know, 800-pound uh, hairy thing that is hanging out there that you need to take care of. So that kind of a thing. In terms of the speed of the transactions, like for example, when you look at moving money on crypto, for 
example, from country to country or whatever it is, the fraction of seconds can erode value for you. So how do you really make sure that the buyer and the seller uh, on the two ends of the tra uh, transaction are protected? It requires a very different rethinking. Because if you look at the current way, interestingly, you know, if I'm sending money as a buyer to somebody in India as a seller, it goes through a multitude of banks and intermediaries who have their own little bit of cuts in the whole processes. It takes days, right? And that you are actually making almost instant. But even in that little time, now we are saying there could be fluctuations and we had, so the level of sophistication, the level of expectations are going up so much, it's absolutely fun. I, I love it. So Todd, I want to turn to you for a second. Yeah. I'm laughing at this question that I wrote this morning, so I apologize, okay. but. Sure. Okay, so you can't eat or drink in the metaverse. That's true. And you could, I guess you could print out an NFT and eat it, but like you're not going to do that. And so like, here you are, Pepsi. Yep. Right, and PepsiCo has a huge portfolio of food and beverages. Yep. How do you think about evolving your brand in an environment where the fundamental interaction with the consumer is taken away from you? I think it's a very exciting opportunity. I think you have to start by framing, are you a product or are you a brand? And sure, our brand has its largest line of product right now is on Pepsi selling cola, right? Um, in the metaverse, uh, maybe we show up as a music brand, uh, given our heritage in music. You know, we've done a lot over the years with Britney Spears, Beyonce, the halftime show, the Super Bowl, all sorts of stuff have a lot in the space. Um, how we can show up and add value and create curated experiences that, again, we can flywheel back to our retail business, back to our customers and partners. There's a lot of potential there. You know, we, um, we recently, back in December, were one of the first brands to, to drop an NFT project. We dropped this thing called the Pepsi Mic Drop, uh, where we based it on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, we made 1,893, because Pepsi was uh, born in 1893, of these uh, microphones with generative art. Very fun, kind of endemic to the space. Um, literally gave them out for free to consumers, and they've already generated over $10 million in secondary sales that the consumers have all kept 100% of those profits, one even sold for $100,000, you know, and that's just dipping our toe in the water. We followed that um, a few weeks back at the Billboard Music Awards just to show you the potential of how, when we activate as a brand, how we go very big as PepsiCo. So the Billboard Music Awards were on NBC uh, about a month ago, and um, I don't know if you've seen the Billboard Music Awards, their um, award is actually a gold microphone uh, that they give as the Billboard Music Award, and so we created a Pepsi Mic Drop Moment uh, Award that they actually gave out on stage during the show. And we did a live minting as a second screen experience um, with Dapper Labs on the Flow blockchain uh, in parallel to the show so that consumers who were watching could literally capture a moment of, I got the best new artist NFT, I got the new you know, song of the year NFT, et cetera. And in a matter of hours, we minted 375,000 NFTs, uh, which is one of the biggest drops to date. And um, that was just in a couple hours on a, on a Sunday night, you know? And so when you think about building a community and getting connected to different consumers in different ways, all on different blockchains, by the way, knowing at some point there will be a way to kind of connect the dots, um, that's, that's what we're building here. And I think it's really exciting. Can, can I just add one quick point to what I said? You know, it's interesting, and I completely agree with you. A traditional competition might not be a real competition in the metaverse. Right, for example, we have created, started creating music. So we might be your new partners, yeah. not Coke, right? That's and right. we have released one song which became number one 
on the charts in 12 countries. And we're going to announce something hopefully in the next couple of weeks at Canada. Should, should I move yeah. Todd to my seat and get in between the two of you? Or yeah. are you guys going to duke it out on stage? We don't need you. So tell me, um, what's next? <laughs> Sorry. So we'll be new competition. <laughs> so like, you heard it here first at Coindesk. That's good. Yeah. Pepsi and MasterCard competitors. That's so it was, exactly. um, uh, No, 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 but hold on. You bring up, you bring, so this is interesting because I, this crowd has a lot of startups in it, right? And startups can traditionally move very fast and larger companies, bigger brands move slower, right? So it's great. Like let, we've talked about like all the cool stuff and all the potential. We have one lawyer over there. Um, you know, like, can you talk about some of the challenges that you come up against? Like, like, look, there, there's realities of, like, the CFOs and the Treasury departments, the legal departments for big brands, and a lot of people yeah. always question, like, why do big brands are why are they so slow into the space? I I think that is such a great question, and I don't think, again, in this, I don't think people understand really big publicly traded companies the dynamics, and right now. Again, if you're here at this conference, if you're here, like, you get it, right? You're already in, you understand it. A lot of people still obviously don't. The uh, regulation in this space right now is still very raw. You know, the SEC hasn't really ruled on where this falls around securities law, which uh, for those who don't know what a security is, is basically this idea of if you can manipulate value in the marketplace to gain financially from it, that is illegal per the SEC. Um, NFTs, if you launch an NFT and then three weeks later you say, oh, now we're creating this value on it and you benefit from that going up or going down, that is illegal. Um, and so we have to navigate securities law, we have to navigate tax law of when we give out something for free, we have, you know, there's money laundering concerns, there's all sorts of stuff that, um, again, a lot of smaller companies don't really have to, to deal with that uh, while we're educating people on you know, what is an NFT, how to set up a digital wallet for the company, all that stuff. So it's, there's a lot of layers. Yeah, and, and I think just to add one layer to that, you know, some of us, we play already in the regulatory industry, regulated industry, right? Finance is completely, completely almost choking in many ways, I guess. But the key thing is we got used to it. So I think as a large company, we are able to navigate much better than just a small company which does something like a cowboy, it may get hit, may not get hit. We have a deeper understanding. We, are, we look at it end-to-end -end in reality. We look at it in a way that will sustain into the future and not just some flash in the pan and things go away. I think there's both pros and cons, and particularly, you know, I can certainly talk for my company, which is we do actively try to solicit partnerships. And the smaller companies, you're absolutely right, they bring the agility, they bring the hunger, they bring that kind of a focus, they're doing one single thing. We bring them scale, we bring them financial strength, we bring them the brand. So when things come together, it can actually be very magical. And that, that's how we have been trying to sort of advance. Typically for a traditional product, it would have taken us to launch, even for a traditional campaign, forget a product, it would take several weeks for us to come up with something. Whereas in the metaverse situation, it's a matter of few days. So it's becoming more and more efficient and I guess large corporations have to reinvent and what we are trying to do is to also get our CFO, legal, all these folks involved in it, educate them, take them along with us, mm -hmm. so that each time it doesn't become a case, you're presenting to them and they're wondering what the hell are you trying to do. So it, it's something which uh, uh, is a real situation, but I think it's also a real opportunity. 
Was there an instance where either of you are willing to share that, that you came up against a challenge and how you navigated it or how it stopped you right now from being able to move forward that you're exploring further? Ab absolutely, I'd say every day. And it's not, not just around Web3. I mean, we, marketing in a lot of different functions will often have, you know, we need to collaborate, but often there's natural friction, whether it's with our supply chain or R&D or, um, you know, legal, finance, all the different things. But I'd say there's many times we have all sorts of plans and hopes and dreams we want to do that it's like, hey, we got to pace ourselves. And again, even down to like um, Discord, right? You know, and setting up that community. That's where the community in this space lives. I don't think that's the greatest experience. And you see the scams happening. You see all these things. Someone clicks on something, gets their wallet drained, and it's the Pepsi Discord channel. Guess who's going to get a lawsuit? PepsiCo, a $70 billion company, right? And so. We need to be very thoughtful about how and where we show up, not just go quick, but we need to be very calculated at the same time. Raja, do you want to sit there silently or do you want to jump I, in? I, or I, I, I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So here is what I would say, you know, just as an example. We looked at the entire NFT thing and we said it's very simple. If we should just go ahead and mint, we got tons of ambassadors, take a football, get it signed by somebody, convert it to an NFT, life will all be good. We started with that, and then the moment we went in, we were pulled back, saying that, hey, you know, do you know what the legal implications are? Do you know what intellectual property right implications are in secondary sale, tertiary sale, and the subsequent sales? When we went through the whole thing, that's when we realized, my God, this is something which is crazy. In the initial stages, everyone was frustrated. But then when you started getting into the depth of it, you right. said, my God, this is not as simple as it appears and you better carry your legal person with you. And so those were some of the things which we had to pull back, slow down, understand thoroughly, and then go with full force and well-prepared. Awesome, so, so now I wanna move into, with like about five minutes left, I wanna move into a segment that I guess we'll call Defend Your Life. Okay? Defend Your Life. <laughs> Defend Your Life. Defend right? your okay. life. So I think okay. about this crowd, I right? I think I about this know. crowd, okay. and the number one thing that I consistently hear, right, is I don't like big brands. I hate big brands, right? That's what you hear in Web3. Like, I don't want big brands here. I'll fend for myself as time, if anyone wants to jump at me afterwards. But what can you tell sort of this group to convince, let's say, I don't know, you look like you don't like brands. <laughs> to convince her, we want thumbs up from her at the end, right? Like to convince, to convince at least one person in this audience why, you know, the approach that you're taking and the way that you're thinking about Web3 that, that they can walk away and say, you know what, Pepsi, MasterCard, like they're really, this is, this is real for them. Here's the thing. It's not that people don't like brands. Everyone in this room wears brands, consumes brands, all that. What you don't like is brands inauthentically getting into shit that they shouldn't be in, right? That's at the end of the day, right? So if you don't, so understand. Wait, wait, wait. we could end because we convinced one well, person. Well, no, no, no. But, 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 so, but the role of brands, and this is, this is where I think the space, you know, brands will help the space tip. As you think of scale and the day-to-day -day life, like right now, again, that experience that you were explaining of jumping through this hoop, that hoop, and that hoop, as this gets more and more realized, you know, this whole space will not come into the mainstream until 
your Ticketmaster tickets are on it, and your this at the store is that, and your your when you buy your car, your this happens. But like it's all going to come with it. It's no different than you look at QR codes right now. I mean, how many of you have gone to a restaurant in the last couple months and you've scanned a QR code on the? My mom now knows how to use a QR code. QR, QR codes have been around for like. A t 10 years beyond, you know, they've been around for a while, but they haven't been adopted until the need and the stuff around, you start seeing these things, what are these things? I see these everywhere. So brands, as people who are marketing, consuming the products you buy, as the services and things and the value creation gets more and more there, um, obviously more and more people will come there, which is why I think being an early adopter, if you're in this crowd, is a, is a good thing. But that's, I think, one of the roles that the brands will play. See, what I would say is, you know, firstly, I'll put myself in the shoes of a small brand. And see, why do I hate large brands if I indeed do? So one you feel probably is they've got too much of financial power, they are sleeping, they're not moving fast enough, they're bureaucratic, and they don't have innovation, etc. But that's such a stereotype which is untrue in a broad brush. You cannot broad brush it. Firstly, there are companies or departments within companies which are extremely agile. They are as innovative. They have got certain things which small companies don't have, and small companies have certain things which large companies don't have. As the world is progressing more and more, it is the two of these have to come together. You know, I think in the olden days where a large company did not need a small company, but today large companies need small companies. And likewise, as a small company, you are in the past, like you know, if you say, you have got a small set of competitors, but today, the competition is so intense and so brutal, when you have a big brand with you and behind you, you can win, you can scale, both in terms of in a given geography or across the entire globe, if you're partnering with somebody like MasterCard, you know, we are, we are present in 110 countries, you just have a solution, we roll it out across multiple countries, it is a huge opportunity, and I would not fall into that stereotype saying that big brands are useless and we should not partner with them. I think just, just to build on that too, I think it comes into this idea of brands creating value for consumers rather than extracting the consumer's value for themselves, right? It's this idea of a lot of people in a misnomer, this is just in marketing in general, forget Web3 of, you know, advertisers and people throwing ads at you and intercepting you before your YouTube video and I'm going to come get you as a that That is a very old school, non-current way of brand building. The new way brands that get it, that do it, is you build experiences for consumers where they are in authentic ways and let consumers opt in to participate with you or not. And at the end of the day, if the brand provides a value or a service that you're interested in, that should be a great value add for you as a consumer, which is, I think, how the brands that will win in this space will show up. And yeah, there's gonna be a lot that screw up as well, and they probably won't make it in this space. Yep. So. Thumbs up. Th okay, we got a thumbs up on this one. So, thumbs up. Oh, whoa! Uh, really? Got, got a couple skeptics. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, right? Like when you think about it, we're shifting from being online renters to online owners, right? And when you're an online renter, right, which is where the world is today, uh, they, meaning platforms, own all of your information. Right? When you shift to being an online owner, you own your PII. That's a huge, huge shift. When you own your PII, the only way that a brand adds value to you as a big brand 
is if they give you a trade-off that's worth you saying, I want to give you, the brand, my information. Right now, when you're a renter, you have no say in that, right? And so when you think about that value exchange, the value exchange doesn't really exist today in Web2 because you are getting access to the platforms in return for all of your PII already. In Web3, you get to hold on to it. Can I get you a little higher on that one? <laughs> there we go. Okay, there we go. So I just, uh, in full disclosure, I was really excited to do this panel today because I've known Raj and I've known Todd for many, many years, and I think that they're amongst the most progressive marketers in this space. Um, you know, Raja, Todd, you know, on behalf of, you know, Coindesk and Sam and Consensus, um, you know, thank you for taking the time to chat today, and Sam, thank you for giving me the opportunity to moderate this panel. And I hope we convinced a few of you today to pay attention to some of the great moves that are happening over at MasterCard and Pepsi and some of the other brands out there, um, including Time. Self-serving plug to end this whole entire uh, mention. <laughs> but thank you all so much. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you, you very much.